0: So hello, everyone. Welcome to another Fireside Chat. This is Fireside number uh, 27. And the title for this Fireside Chat is our team leads an anti-pattern. And the reason why we're picking this topic is that a lot of the times when we're uh, doing agile, they, there's this notion of self-organized teams. No? And it seems like having someone in charge of the team or as a team lead could be an anti-pattern in this case. So this is what we're going to be talking about. But before uh, we go into that, remember to subscribe, uh, like, send us topics to discuss if you're enjoying these sessions. And uh, that's it for all the <laughs> shameless blogs that we're going to do today. Uh, let's, let's kick it off. And I guess it would be good to start by defining what we mean by team lead. Because this is a title that organizations use, but it doesn't always mean the same thing. Or at least, I have, I've seen very, you know, a few variances of it. So, who would like to start?
1: I can give it a go. Uh, yeah. So, I I see a team lead. I will not say if I agree or disagree, but just how I see first. Yeah. So, answering the question. So, I see a team lead, the definition uh, is more like, for me, it's easier to say the responsibilities. I say two main responsibilities, one external, one internal. The external is this: the team lead will represent the team with the rest of the organizations. The, the Everyone that the team needs to deal with, the team lead could represent that team instead of bringing the entire team to every single meeting. That is the external phase. Uh, and then that is the internal uh, side to it is that every time that the team needs more clarity or they are struggling to, to come up with a decision, uh, someone will need to provide that clarity. And also, ultimately, when the team, like uh, a good team, like 80, 90, uh, 80, 80% of the time, you always reach an agreement and, and des- decide how they want to move forward. But when they do not reach that agreement or they are struggling, the team lead could make the, the final decision. So that, that's how, in a very simplistic and quick way, how I define the two main responsibilities, how I see a team lead operating.
2: I can provide a bit more abstract notion uh, <laughs> of a team lead as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> I think a team lead is someone who leads the good function of a team or leads uh, the effort for the team to function well, right? So uh, in order for a team to function as a team, there are a number of things that need to be in place and there are a number of things that need to be constantly monitored and nurtured for it to be functional. So it has both the internal and external part, but it's all aspects of what makes a team. So how the team actually interacts with each other, how the individuals uh, play their part within the team, how the team works towards a common goal and how it presents itself as a unit to everything outside the team all that needs to to happen in a good way and to me a team lead is the person who's always making sure that it is functional that is happening in that good way
0: i i agree with that definition like for me it's someone who's let's say, function or, or uh, one of the main responsibilities is making sure that the team is able to be a team and, and perform you know, as, as a team. And But there is this other, when we talk about the particulars of the title of team lead, you know, for me, it's also a way that organizations have to, uh, basically, assign responsibilities or have some way to act on the things that need to happen, right? Uh, so there's, there's this both sides now so what they do versus what they represent for the organization or, or the title or or responsibility as or role, no, as a way to control or act on things that need to happen within the organization. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So the the I, I changed my mind about the the need of a team leader formal positions within a team a few times over my career, right? So I come from a more structured way that was the pre-agile thing or even the early days where we always had a very, well, very well-defined hierarchy and attributions and accountability. And, and, and then, of course, that with the... The whole agile thing, like uh, I worked in, in organizations that were a bit more uh, anti-team leads or anti-formal positions. They were far more focused on uh, collaborative teams. And uh, so everyone could share with self-organizing teams. Yes, thanks, Mesh. Yeah, exactly. So so they, they've been promoting this idea of self, self-organizing teams. And even us as a company, we also started this way with a lot of self-organizing teams and stuff. But then, uh, over time, I changed my mind again, and I felt that I felt the need of having more formal positions. And I, 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 after so many years trying different models of self-organizing teams, I felt a a lot of gaps. So is that 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 old mantra? I think that we say that when everyone owns everything, no one owns anything, or so. So a lot of things get lost when there is not clear assignment of accountabilities and responsibilities, or someone that could remove blocks. Because a lot of things that we saw, that I at least saw uh, in self-organizing teams, you also end up trying to uh, uh, manage by consensus or make decisions by consensus because there's no clear leadership. So the team needs to end up with an agreement. And that makes every discussion when the teams are not, team members are not fully aligned or they have different levels of experience or preferences, those meetings become very taxing, you know? Uh, So I felt that uh, having someone playing a leadership role that could bring that experience, that could carry the team could, uh, was quite beneficial uh, in in a lot of situations. Yeah,
2: It's, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I was, I followed, I mean, I was, part of that process for for quite a long time self-organizing teams I think you know it's not that they don't they don't work I think they do Uh, the thing is that it in a way assumes a certain amount of uh, knowledge skill maturity all those things combined Um, and often we find that in development team we don't always have that and we're not really trained well, in in the around the teamwork skill, you working know, together we no, are...
0: no... pardon, yeah. but working together is not a, a thing that you normally Training. train or, or 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 learn. No, like you learn a language or whatever.
2: No? Exactly, and often, we, and you know, we come from software development, and often we don't even lean towards those kind of skills. You know, we're we we'd rather be coding, and uh, the idea of a self-organizing team is always often coupled with the idea of a good coach right so often these teams especially the ones we were in left to their own devices or you'd have a coach who'd kind of you know fly in here and there see how your kanban board is looking like and then fly out but not someone who really um uh, understands the dynamics individual of individuals and the the team itself right so so i think the environments were not, are, Are very difficult it's a difficult thing to set up uh, to have a a good a well-functioning self-organizing team and even in a self-organizing team i don't think the and this is something we can probably move towards like is it agile or so on i don't personally don't think a team lead is then it's either or i don't think a team lead is anti self-organizing teams i think leadership is it's not about you know dictatorship
1: but someone whether it's not about micromanagement right we cannot exactly leadership with micromanagement they are not the same right
2: exactly and also leadership is not about dictating things it's about leading right it's about Mm -hmm. uh, taking everyone along that journey with you and so you you know even in a self-organizing context if you don't have the concept of a team lead You may have emergent leaders, emergent leaders would come. Otherwise, it's just always, as you were saying, a constant um, discussion and not cohesive set of uh, decisions either. You know, if uh, everyone is kind of piping up and, you know, it's a case of it's quite random on what gets passed because they shout the loudest or whatever, you don't get a cohesive set of decisions either, you know. Um, and that goes back to accountability and those kind of things as well. So I personally don't think that self-organizing teams and team leads are kind of two separate things or they can't exist in the same place. They
1: are in conflict, basically. So,
0: yeah. so, yeah. This, so this is the thing, right? Like <clears throat> the concept of self-organization doesn't mean a consensus Right? It doesn't mean, you know, uh, deciding by committee or slow decisions and so on. When you have a self-organized team, th- very often you do assign responsibilities within the team and you do, you know, especially if it's a well-functioning team, you do hold your peers accountable for the things that they said that they were going to do. Right. So yeah. uh, so that's still there. So. You could find a self-organized team that decides, you know what, Matt, you're gonna be the team lead. <laughs> and yeah. we want you to so that that's perfectly uh, uh, you know possible.
2: Yeah. Now and should be. The... I think it's a better way of choosing a team lead than having one imposed on you.
0: <laughs> exactly. So so but the reality is that a lot of the time and this is this goes back to sandra's point of i've changed my mind a couple of times and so on is that uh, this kind of uh part that i mentioned before around the structure you no, know, on, on what it represents within the organization and so on comes with scale like when you have when you want to accelerate this uh, process you tend to create those structures in order to uh, let's say assign authority over certain decisions to people from the structure. So the structure is saying, by the way, this is the guy that are gonna be asking about, you know, the team is not performing, you know, people are quitting, whatever, right? Whatever it is that you're defining that, that role as. And that in itself, you know, that authority that you're talking about comes from the structure and it's not the same as, you know, when someone chooses no, we, we get together and we're like, oh, you know what, you know, you know more about this. Maybe you should uh, be the one, you know, kind of guiding us on the, you know, what architecture we need to use. And you know more about this. And that's, you, you know, like your peers are kind of like providing you with that authority uh, instead of it being delivered through the structure or the, the system that you're working within.
2: Yeah. No? And arguably that's yeah. a better place to be in. Um, even even as a team lead, that's been imposed, actually would not work well if they, if their authority is not validated by the team, right? It's you know you have someone can say like here's a team lead, and that person can start behaving like a team lead as well, but in most uh, places like uh, you know, developers tend to be quite opinionated, and I think a team lead does not last long if they don't take the team with them. And they're not really a leader if they don't take
1: the team with them. The, the Yeah, the, the I'll go back to that, uh, for example, the quality of the team lead as well, because I think are quite a few things for us to discuss in here. And I would like just to remain on the topic of the self-organizing team for a little bit longer, because what I experienced and the reasons that I changed my mind was, I like the theory a lot. As you were saying, Jose, there are a lot of things, or MASHU as well, like the team could do a lot of things. They could elect someone or at least for different areas, for example, hey, in this area here, I think that this person X is more experienced. We should listen to him and stuff. So the theory is great when you look at, but it relies on every single person playing ball very well. And, and I, the problem is that I haven't seen that working. And then I tell you where I saw that failing one uh people are not people are, a lot of people want feedback but they are not good at volunteering feedback they always complain i don't receive feedback but when they notice that someone in their team is not performing well or is causing problems not everyone will go to that person hold that person accountable or go to the person and, and give a feedback there is very few people that would actually do that right and, and when there is one team member or two that are disrupting the the, the the team I haven't seen teams coping well when they don't have a team lead formally appointed. I don't see them coping well with dysfunctional team leads our uh, team members right so another thing the, the the task organization as well the task distribution when there's not someone pulling things together they also struggle in who does what? They try their best, but not always. They end up creating a cohesive focus. It takes a lot to bring everyone together and create a vision and a direction. What tends to happen most often than not, that again, this is anecdotal, this is just related to my experience, but I've seen people locally optimizing. So team members will end up, hey, this job here, I do better, I'll focus on this. And the other team members say, hey, I do this better. And then we lose the goals of the project. That is difficult to bring the entire team aligned. They end up locally optimizing and focusing on what they're good at. Uh, so sometimes you need to tell people to do certain things that they don't realize or, or they have different skill sets. And again, people love when people, they want people to tell them and give feedback, but they they struggle to go and fix a problem with someone when they don't have that authority. So a lot of problems. So you have a false sense of unity. So there is a lot of people that are pissed off for a very long time, but it's all unsaid. They don't say, they don't bring that up because they don't feel comfortable doing that. And and then at some point, everyone thinks that everything is going well, and then people start Resigning, burning out, and stuff like that. So, I'm not. I'm not saying that just having a team lead because, of course, it depends on the quality. That is the other side as well. Like a team lead could resolve a lot of those things, but it also depends on the quality of that team lead. That's the other side. But I'll. I'll let, I'll let you guys. Uh, compliment. Uh, that. I
2: think the you mentioned very well, Sandro. The <clears throat> a number of things that are actually I would call teamwork skills, right? Being able to give feedback, holding people to account. Leading or helping lead towards a single focus, single direction—all these things, I think, are skills. Uh, as we said earlier, we don't teach these skills. I personally don't think the team lead is the only way to uh, to have those skills in in the com- in the team. You can, as I mentioned earlier, if you have a good coach <clears throat> who really understands the team and is with the team. And um, so it's not somebody who just comes in for an hour a a week or something, but really understands the team. These things can be taught and the team team can be developed in a way. My personal view is that actually, although if you are creating really long term teams, it's actually an approach that you should consider, even if you have a team lead, you should consider having a, a good team coach as well, who is getting people to uh, understand and practice these skills because, as you, we're going to talk a bit later about the team lead itself, because if you have an Im- imposed team lead, which you know often you need to have, because being able to choose a, a team lead or for a team lead to emerge, you're already assuming a lot of team working skills in the team. So often you have to assign a team lead, right? But actually, you know, that is a single point of failure. In 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 many ways, and if the team is not skilled enough to identify that the team lead is not doing a good job, uh, and there are not good mechanisms for the team to actually escalate that, you may end up with a with a dictatorship actually, and where things are even can be even more dysfunctional because this one person is is ruling the roost, as it were.
0: Yeah. So so this is, this is a, there's a few misconceptions that I feel people don't normally talk about. Yeah. And and you just mentioned a a few of them. One is the assumption that a a self-organized team is a good team or a team that is effective. No, really. It doesn't. The same way that having a team lead is not a way to guarantee that a team uh, will work, right? Then there is another misconception, which is the team lead is the leader. And this is something that I have a, a problem with a lot of the time because it says lead in the title, so to some extent, the tools that you're using to try and create that environment so are working against you because now that someone has the team lead thing, then I don't have to lead. I don't have to think, basically, right? And that is very common as well, right? So leadership, as as I understand it in that sense, is, is a role, and people take that role, you know, in different contexts within a team, independently of, or of what title they they hold. No? Um, and that is an issue. If people don't understand leadership as that, then you also have a single point of failure as, as you were saying before. no. So th- those things on their own, are, or, so how people understand leadership is already something that works uh, against you. Then you also mentioned the the context uh, in which the team can perform and having a coach and, and all these things. And that is necessary, but it, eventually what you really want is not to shift the burden to someone else that is you you want to develop the team so that it, that members are aware that certain things need to happen independently of who's responsible. You know, it's everyone's responsibility, but this guy is accountable. Okay? They they need to happen. And if we want the team to be successful, then we all need to contribute to that. And if someone is not Doing the job properly, or is having an issue, or whatever, you know, we pull together and we we solve the issue to, together, right? Because it's affecting us all, no? So all of those things are misconceptions that people have. Like we, I have, I usually ask, you know, a few questions around leadership in in interviews, and that already tells you where this person is expecting for someone else to tell them what to do, right? or not, or they are, you know, they are proactive and so on. And what is it that they look for in, in team leads or in, or in leaders in general. And that gives you a lot of information on, you know, would that person work well in, in one of our teams, right? So
1: I have a, you mentioned a few things that I'd like to tackle that I also experienced uh, in self-organizing teams that didn't work so well is that there is an assumption that everyone is equal in that team. And this is a problem. And the reason that I say that it's a problem is that a team is composed by members uh, with different skill sets and different levels of seniority. So we have people that have been in projects for a long time. They've done it, they experienced many different things. And they have people that are far less experienced, but they might be more vocal and, and the problem that I see in a lot of those teams is that when there is no formal leadership, uh, not ever, the, the person that is actually more experienced, that is more suitable to make certain decisions, or at least should have a higher saying in certain things, they might not have that because they don't really, cannot impose themselves because everyone is equal in a way. And, and this is dangerous because then all of a sudden it becomes a team that uh, when there is no, Formal leadership again, I will go back. I know that, that we have the same problem when you have a leader that misbehave, but but let's put that to the side for a bit. But a team without leadership becomes whoever shouts louder, not whoever is more suitable
0: to make it decision. You mean a, a team with a this a, a consensus kind of decision making process? Well, in
1: or- in order right. not where to there have is the...
0: no formal leadership, no. is what you mean. Not about...
1: exactly. So, so a team that doesn't that doesn't have formal leadership, very uh, very rarely, if they don't have formal leadership, very rarely they will have a, a very well defined way to make decisions, because there are multiple types of decisions that I need a team needs to make on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, or a sprint basis, and and, and not everyone is equipped. To, although they have the best intentions in the world, they might not have the actual seniority or experience to actually negotiate with the clients or, or different architects or outside the team and inside the team to make some of those decisions. And this creates a lot of problems for people that have some of those experience, but because they don't really have that, that, that formal position, it's difficult for them just to shout. So they their option should not be just, Oh, I need to shout a little bit louder, right? So and then that people say, you know what, like I will just do my job here and I will not I, start. I, I understand, understand your
2: I understand your point point, Sandra, but theoretically, people who, who are more senior should be more reasoned. And assuming, like if there's a shouting match going on, then of course that's a problem. But normally in, in within team situations, normally the match it's not a shouting match. Often, actually, what normally the the problem happens is that when they are well matched, I think this uh, in where in my experience, when when you have a bunch of a team that is actually quite well matched in terms of their seniority and in terms of their experience and so on, that's when um, arguments are rife and a lot of there's a lot of talk and not a lot of decision making. If the team is well balanced in terms of the 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 kind of different skill sets and seniority and those kind of things it happens it happens less i think i think the the idea that more senior people might not be uh well equipped to <clears throat> to uh to kind of defend their point of view I'd, I'd counter that by saying that why are there more senior if they can't defend their point of view
1: well i understand uh i agree that uh well given the kind of people that we are here uh we are like we 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 climbed our way to to leadership positions because we we are able to 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 make our uh how can i say our uh opinions well known and make our points and and, and we will not just uh, shut up, basically, right? So we will not just like, just, just <laughs> and take, shut up, even with, when we are wrong. Right? <laughs> right? So that. Well, we will we, we, we <laughs> put our point across, right? So so we will, we will not just like, but what I'm trying to say is like, uh, we will put our point across. And, and I think that a senior person should do that. But this is taxing. Because if every single decision, you are always doing that, that is, it, it's taxing for you to always be Fixing things at all time, depending on the kind of structure of the team you have. Uh, and again, I'm just trying to do a counterbalance because we normally tend lean more towards the self-organizing team. So I'm just trying to bring to the table the, all the problems that I've seen and why I've, I end up changing uh, my mind. So, And I'm still trying to talk about the every team at some point is dysfunctional and going through that period without leadership and waiting for informal leaderships to emerge because they the informal leaderships they they don't they don't emerge normally like okay this person is the, the full leader now informally they emerge maybe not in certain areas there might be one person that is an informal leader for a certain area but for other things maybe there's the team relies on someone else and, and bringing everything together when there is dysfunction when, when there is one or two members that are a bit more complicated, or when, when people are upset and you need to interact, uh, you need to, to solve that. Or there are external pressures. Right? So or you need to interact with a lot of other people externally. You need to synchronize everything. This is this is where like the, the team falls apart because they, they cannot put everything together.
2: And evolution is slow, right? This is the other thing. Like how much it's are you painful. willing to invest in in create, you know. Having a primordial soup and saying, you know, you know, something amazing is going to emerge. It's got, it probably will, but it will take a while. Um, yeah. So, but but on the other hand, you know, like if you introduce structure, structure is artificial and, you know, it introduces weaknesses in the system. But, uh, you know, I think it's it's a case of both. If you have a, uh, if, if you have dysfunctional teams, it is good to have somebody who is, Given the accountability for it for as a team lead, and also in a way, it it actually becomes a bit for self fulfilling prophecy as well, because when someone is told, often a lot of the times, a lot of people have the the potential, but they haven't, they don't have the right opportunity, and sometimes it's just about actually for that one person that you, you kind of think, well, you know, could be, has a good has the potential to create some space so they can build these leadership skills because otherwise you've got you've got a bunch of people that all have the potential but but all kind of trying the, the best they can and no one, there's no space there for them to actually you know show the or practice leadership in a in a more structured environment and i think i like the idea of having a, a team lead in that sense as well is that You know, when you designate somebody, you're almost kind of, you know, allowing them that space. And the rest of the team also uh, uh, expects them to lead. And therefore, often they lead and they they build up those
0: skills. But this is, again, what I was mentioning before that because you appoint someone as the uh, leader, then precisely people expect them to lead. So they take, they normally, what they do is they take a passive. Uh, role to things yeah but they were doing and... that already
2: well, that's it's, the context it, it, I'm w- talking when they're
0: no, when they're passive they're passive, they are passive, they are passive. <laughs> no yeah, yeah exactly. not necessarily not not necessarily right like the, the whole thing that i was trying to uh, the the whole point that i was trying to make before was sometimes by appointing someone yeah you are kind of sending a signal to everyone, if you don't clarify that you know what the expectations are by appointing that person, yeah, you are kind of sending a signal, or it could be interpreted as okay, so let's him or her deal with that, yeah, or or make the decision or whatever. I'll just wait until the decision is made. Yeah. And this is I, I would say quite normal, right? Like, hey, you're saying it's, the I, responsibility I is with them. you want that. him to mm. make the yeah, so, I, I,
2: don't so think, yeah. I don't think I don't think I don't think like someone if I was sat in a team and someone appoints a team lead and I was thinking, oh, you know what. I can't make any decisions. Maybe so you just make make any the, decision. the way
0: that you explained it, the, the way that you explained it was that there is no space for uh, practicing leadership, and I don't agree with that. Whether you have the title or not, there's always space for you no. to act as a leader. No, and a lead I was and, talking and the, about creating
2: a bit a nicer environment for people, yeah. for some people to flourish. Because if the team is chaotic, be, be, leadership. It requires much higher, bigger caliber of leadership for you to rise within it. But if if an environment is created for you to, that nurtures a leader, then it's, yeah. it's easier. It's easier for yes, them to i, for, I, I agree with that re, i thought
0: that you were saying that that environment gets created let's say by you appointing someone because you appoint someone and then basically you're telling them hey now you need to lead and everyone else this is this is what you said no and you appoint no, no, someone no, no, of course. you're kind of creating that opportunity for them and then everyone else also understands that you know they are no the, your words were they are expecting for that person to lead. therefore they end up leading that kind of and i yeah. i understand that but that environment That now that you've explained that you're talking more about an environment where people can lead and so on and so forth i i can get completely behind that no uh, but appointing is not in fact it's very common because of uh, the peter principle and all this stuff that people get promoted to positions where they have to lead without having the skill set so- to do it Uh, so this is
2: i think there's some certain assumptions in there is that you know like you you're just picking a random person you know right and i did say by the way you appoint that's how you create the environment you appoint somebody so that and these are artificial structures i totally agree with it right if you could get an emergent leader and and in a, a efficient way so for example if a team was actually you know you you saw that actually that you the, both. they
0: vote on who's gonna be the.
2: no no it's not no well they can but what i'm, I'm saying is that kidding. Team, <laughs> Yeah, you know, i know but if there is a bunch of people in the team and you think actually it just a needs needs a bit of coaching bit of nudging for for, for that leadership too much that's one thing i'm talking about a chaotic in uh, environments which often is the case by the way it's not a rarity like teams they, you know, it's inside, and
1: internally and externally. Right. So, yeah, exactly. The, the chaos and is inside and, and outside.
2: And, and that's what I'm talking about. But then you don't actually, you're not picking just somebody at random. You are, you are looking at people who are showing initiative, who are showing some c- kinds of leadership already, and they need a bit of support and a bit of help to, but, but, and, and then you appoint them. Right, so and you find them you because they are already something. showing some kinds exactly. of it. But that's what exactly. I meant. You don't pick one at
1: random. No. So so th- th- this is an important aspect. So I find in general, and there is a, an assumption here, and it's a uh, we just need to, to to take that assumption. Like uh, you have a good leader, and a good leader is a person that is creating the space. Right. So there are many characteristics. I will not be able to enumerate them all, but like in a summary, like. uh A good leader is someone that can listen to everyone, everyone, all the inputs, but they have the experience, they are respected, they they can listen to everyone and bring everyone to an agreement. They are capable of unite everyone behind a single objective, listening to everyone, directing, measuring the pros and cons, explaining decisions, taking them along, both their team, and they are also capable of representing the team interests outside as well with the other people that the team needs to talk to right so being other teams other departments and stakeholders and, and so on and so forth it's just not feasible to bring every single person in the team to collaborate with every single stakeholder uh, that they might have right so uh, so assuming that this person uh, is playing that is a good leader is able to do that naturally there will be space for the team members to Uh, volunteer their opinions to take ownership of certain tasks of the team or areas of that project, which means that those people are now uh, showing leadership skills. It's not that the the, the team lead is suppressing everyone. No, they are just representing everyone. They are to everyone. They are representing the team. And when the teams are, as I said, in the a uh, small percentage of the, to- uh, the cases where the team is not able to reach an agreement, the team leaders say, "Look, I heard everyone. Uh, I understand all the reasons, but we need to move forward, and let's let's try to do this for the next two weeks or the next uh, month, and then we'll talk again." Right. So, so assuming that it creates a space for people internally to lead and to 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 to, to grow, and, and mm-hmm. then the appointment of those uh, team leads. So this allows the team for me to function better, right? It gives more direction. It gives more uh, cohesiveness, if you like. Uh, And we are taking someone with experience to bring everything together so that people with less experience, when they join those teams, they can see a better functioning team, how the team lead is bringing everyone together so that as they grow, they could do the same. And how teams, uh, team leads are appointed. They show this informal leadership. In projects, how many times in our company, we saw people that they were not team leads, but they were always very proactive in volunteering options, in, in contributing with the tasks, in raising their hands and say, hey, I want to do that myself. I would like that task for me. So they, they had that, that sense of ownership. That, and, that, also that exactly. and also collaborative. Exactly. also collaborative as well. Exactly. They were always able to do that in a a collaborative way without creating frictions. They always, when they realized that they were not uh, seeing eye to eye, they were always like, even not being the formal to be able to step back and say, hey guys, I think we're going in the wrong direction here. Let's go back to the problem that we're trying to solve. We are the same team. We are all in the same side. So you see that some people have a a lot of intelligence in in that, that regard. So then, when the organization needs sometimes a successor from that team lead, because the team lead now maybe will be moving to something, those people become the natural candidates to take that leadership position. Or when there are new projects, new teams that need to be created, they also become natural uh, people to seed the new teams when there is a, a growth of new teams and stuff. So, so they are creating an environment to be chosen. Because what I've seen in, in some of the... The environments is where they are deferring to the team lead to make decisions. They, they take a very, either a very destructive approach where they are very disruptive, or they just take a step back. Oh, there is a team lead, so I'm not going to do anything. And then they are uh, annoyed that things don't get resolved because they just decided that it's not up to them to decide. So those people, for example, will never be good candidates to be a lead anywhere because they are not offering that leadership right so
0: now i'm gonna sorry i'm gonna introduce now a new thing here which is a lot of the times a going into a position of of being a team lead and so on so hey let me let me rephrase that a lot of the time people want to go into those uh positions again they have misconceptions but also there is an aspect of being in that position comes with a pay increase. No, the the whole idea of you know as as you go upper in management or whatever then you get paid more because that's the way that a lot of times things are incentivized, you no? Know? And when they get to that uh position, uh, they realize that's not what they you know wanted to do sign they they uh, sign up for right like oh now i you know you hear it all the time now people who i don't know went to into manager uh, ma- as managers no and they complain oh this is how much code i write every day you know and they, less and less and less until you don't write anything i spend all my yeah. time in meetings This is things <laughs> that i hear you know that i've heard quite a lot no um so so this is the other thing there's an aspect there around that misunderstanding of what having the role means and and actually doing the thing it means. Right. And there is an incentive for it. Right. Like, so so those two are kind of, uh, you know, you want good leaders you want people to know and you want uh to identify people with those characteristics and put them in those positions but maybe when you put them in those positions they're no longer effective uh, as effective but, as they were before right so th- there is this they're not, they're idea
2: not, with... no 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 there, there is this thing and i i've been thinking uh, like i i've i have thought of quite a bit about this because i mean i, I myself found in quite a few times found myself in those situations where, you know, either myself or even people in my uh, teams that I was looking after moving people that were really star programmers or, or good developers to then position where not, they're no longer developing. Right. And, and you start thinking, well, why? And often this, this argument is, is kind of mentioned that, you know, like in software development, you know good developers are moved into managerial positions so that until they get to the point where they they can't do the job that they were doing well. They've been promoted to something that they can't do well. But I don't think it's hundred percent right because it there is an assumption in that very thing is that somehow the 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 kind of the the nerd programmer, the 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 one that who is really into technology and really understands it well, is the one that is the most effective developer. And that's not the case. Normally, actually, those people who are moving up in organizations into these leadership positions, they're not only good programmers, they are good developers in general. And and large part, in, in my opinion, a much larger part is actually more related to how good a leader they are or what kind of potential they have leadership and consequently are moving more into the leadership position now it often happens sometimes is that they do miss the the programming part because that's how we came and often people they you know especially uh, during the midpoints in my own career I missed programming a lot and always try to move back into programming but actually I think it's a misconception because okay it's an enjoyable thing for for us to do sometimes. But is it the best thing I could be doing, given my skill set? Probably not.
1: This is, this is as you were saying, Mesh, I just wrote it down because I'm, as I'm thinking my notes. So I wrote exactly that. So there is a difference between what you like doing and the impact that you have. And this is what it needs to be clear. Uh, children. I don't think there is absolutely nothing wrong with people saying, hey, you know what? I will build my career just doing what I really like doing. And if if that is writing code, and I don't want to do anything else besides coding, great. I think people should follow that path. Because I had a very similar experience with you, Mesh, like for for quite a few years, like playing more leadership positions, even within our company, I, I missed coding. I wanted to be coding, but like, but all of a sudden I realized, I said, look, but what is the impact that I want to have? What are the real things that I really want to change? And there would be nothing wrong if I said, you know what? I want to be, I want to just write code. I want to be a team member writing code. But then there is a consequence for those acts. If I want to do what I like, my impact will be, well, it will depend on what I choose to do, there will be a, a, a respective impact. And, okay. and, and, and the, the, for example, just, just finish like, uh, when you go to certain leadership positions, you, te- you have a chance to maximize or to multiply the impact that you can have in an organization. That would come along as you have a much larger impact or you can multiply the impact that you can have, that you come along with some perks, inclu- including some financial rewards. But if you just want to, you can still have an impact, but it would be, if it just relies on you, the outcome of the code that you produce, your impact will be less than if you were multiplying that impact so you can do whatever you like but like at the end of the day you'll be paid according to the impact that you have and the opportunities will come according to the impact that you want to have okay
0: but but again based on you know what i hear people saying like i spend my whole time in meetings etc right my question then would be is the impact that you're having the most you were saying is that how you can make that maybe the most impact that you can do is not being in that position and leaving someone else that can do that uh to do it,
1: well, it, it and this is
0: because and this is, this is the thing because again what much was saying people get promoted uh, like it's very common like i see you know and people sometimes because they are afraid of that they say no to to moving to those positions right and again that's totally fine as well yeah but there is a there is a downside there that like it's not always that you get promoted to a team lead position and you do more good than when you were just a team member being super proactive and and so on
1: no sure there might be the the the, the thing about uh skill set and competence and, uh, and and all this kind of stuff like uh but let's assume that the person, that is a case where someone is promoted for the wrong reasons to a position where they now don't perform well. That is the Peter Principle that we talk about. But there is also an, uh, some people that as they are evolving in their career, they are acquiring more and more skills. Right? So being part of so many different teams over time allowed them to see how to manage teams much better because they were managed by many different people. They they had to handle different types of interactions within the team and outside the team. They saw the impacts of those interactions. So now they have skills or experience that is far wider than just writing code and just taking the next uh, user story to implement. If they want to to use that skills that they learned, that they acquired, is a different topic. They might choose and say, hey, you know what? I could do that. I could do that if I wanted to, but I would rather this kind of work here gives me more pleasure. And there's nothing wrong with that, but that kind of work might have one degree of impact. A different kind of work might have a, a much different type of impact. And the kind of opportunities that will come to you at least with, within that environment, might differ completely. Right.
2: Uh, I want to I wanna address slightly what Jose was one part of what you're saying as well, Jose, which is that, you know, you might get to a point where you are it's beyond you. You don't want to do it and it's beyond you as well, right? But I think there is one element that we haven't uh, discussed so far is that we've, we've considered the team element, the team's relationship with the team lead, but also, that team is in a in a team of teams usually the context is in an organization right and there needs to be there always needs to be governance on the team leader themselves right a leader can emerge in a team whether they were chosen or appointed who could actually be detrimental to that team certain people can come emerge not every emergent leader is a good leader or or is good for the for the welfare of the team, right? I think that's also a misconception that all emergent leaders are good leaders. But, um, you know, someone who has been appointed or who has emerged as a team lead, there needs to be a process around their governance, an escalation process through the team, to somebody else who also who the team lead is accountable to, whether that's an organization or individual. And also, a review process where they their work is also being monitored and their and the team of happiness is being monitored and all other aspects of that team are being monitored. They're getting feedback. Going through yeah, exactly. Beyond going through the team lead, it's not about just asking the team lead how the team is doing. We should gather intelligence from the
1: team itself to understand how the team is doing. Exactly, I think this is a critical uh, path because, like, as soon as uh, someone in the organization elects someone to become a team lead, they need to make sure that there are some, uh, as you said, mesh governance or accountability related, and the team health, uh, the happiness of the team members, the performance of that team, uh, is accountability of the team lead. If people don't want to stay in that team. If the team is not performing if there is a lot of rotation in the team. We say, look, we need to go to the team leader and say, like, look, that whatever you are doing is not working because your team, your your the, the team members don't want to stay here, right? So are you really being a leader here? Or there are some external factors that are causing the team leads. So then we need the organization needs to understand: is it the team leads that is creating unhappiness or dysfunction? So then the team lead needs to be addressed, or there are other uh uh i don't know factors in the 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 system that is making everyone unhappy including the team lead and that's a different uh, conversation but but yes there, there should be escape route escape routes for the team members to escalate the problem because this is the this is another thing that is very important for me the team lead is not is, is not the the team managers or line managers and stuff right so the team lead has some responsibilities within that engagement within that team but like when when the, the the team members are not happy or there is some things that they cannot resolve they should have a way to escalate that and then going to their line manager to the person above the team lead and say look i need to have a chat here because this is not working we've been trying a lot of things but uh, the, the team lead here is not helping and we need and we need help here so then, uh,
0: yeah I'm, I'm gonna turn a little bit away from uh, that because we've been talking about what it is we've been talking about um you know what self-organization in relation to that we'll be talking about the role of the uh, Team leader or the, the formal authority, let's say, in creating that space where people can be leaders and so on. We talked We talked about appointing them. So, what criteria? Uh, you've already mentioned some of this, but what criteria would you follow, or so that people you know who are listening to this maybe can decide whether they want to invest in building up those skills or those you know have those behaviors or whatever, right? Uh, in order to select someone as a good candidate what are the things that tell you that someone is a good candidate to do that what do you look for in that and then there's a two-part question and then is there anything that can be done in order to create those because you were talking about what happens you know when someone you know that that let's say the team lead gets promoted to something else or leaves the company and then there's a vacuum and people can step into that no but there's also a chance uh, that you know that that's going to happen and you want to get things ready, right? So you want to know how to select or, or how to build or coach or, you know, help other people step into that uh, role, right? So those would be the two aspects. What what do you think about that? Like what would you do to select and then what can you do in order to help others, no, you know, and, and prepare them for that?
1: So I, I, uh, I can give a few ideas, like funny enough, a good team lead would be essential for this uh, process. For example, a good team lead should already help to make sure there is a succession plan. So a good team lead should uh, be a, a leader, but also a mentor. So it should help their team members to grow, giving them responsibility sometimes bringing them to some individuals that are showing a bit more potential to certain meetings, creating space, for example, in, in demos or things like that for them to uh, present certain ideas or to own uh, parts of the... So, for example, a good team lead would help to create other good team leads. They would serve as a inspiration, and mentor. This is how I, growing up, I had a few people that were my direct managers that I learned a lot from. I even worked under Mesh in my early days of BioTech, and I learned a lot from him in the way that he was dealing with the client, the way that he was in. And I was a pain in the ass as a team member, right? So Mesh had a challenge on his hands in the early days, right? So <laughs> I was not easy, and right? So
0: you mean so... You, you were?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you, I had a challenge. <laughs> Yeah, I, I solved my problem not having anyone above me now. But like, <laughs> <laughs> so, but, 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 again, like, uh, so working under people that I really admire, I learned from those leaders. And I think that the leader has that. So one of the things is you could use your good leaders to nurture more leaders, right? That is so one point. Yeah. Uh, so uh, another thing is uh, once the organization identifies those people, is to start creating the opportunity, but then make sure that you just don't throw them at the deep end. So for example, other team leads could form their community of practice, not just for team leads, it's not an elitist community, but like you could provide the support for team leads as well with through coaching, through mentors, through other things as well. But you can start small. You can start from the team member's perspective, instill a culture in your organization from the team lead and say, "Hey, give ownership of things to your team members." And, and this is a thing that is easy to do and a good team lead should help a lot. And then it's a way to scale organization as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think it's a it's a very good way of putting it is that you know, like for any um, leadership position, a good leader has succession plan. They are nurturing other people to to walk in this in the same place and in the same way and help help nurture them. And uh, that makes a good leader. I mean, otherwise it's inherently not a good leader. Is someone who is hoarding their position. Leaders are, are kind of supporting others to flourish and be successful and not just make it about themselves.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and I would say that you need to resist the urge to to do things yourself because you think you know like you're delegating something but you may want to submit and you need to encourage in a in a positive way even if you're giving feedback you should give feedback in a in in a positive uh, light right so talk about what's going to you know w- how you could do better next time other uh, ways that you could have approached things and so on right reinforce the the points that were very good and it should be maintained and so on right so yeah, yeah. that's that's important
1: and i think that there is a a, a cultural aspect that uh, leaders can instill is that as you all know and i mentioned in quite a few of the episodes i'm very uh, keen on the whole extreme ownership thing and, and uh It's also like, I I, I cannot even understand, it doesn't compute in my brain, like someone not taking a leadership position or not striving to that. For example, throughout my career, I wanted to have control of my life. I want to have that independence, that autonomy. But for that, you need to to put yourself forward. You need to, if you want to have autonomy, you need to have accountability. So for example, I didn't want to be uh, suffering from decisions that would impact me directly. And be in a position that I cannot influence those decisions. Or even make those decisions. So so for me uh, a, a, as an individual I wanted to make sure that I could contribute but that I could also create a space where I have my autonomy. But for that I had to chase the accountability for that as well and that will come with informal or formal leadership. It's, it's related to doing
2: your job well as well, right? Because you have to kind of manage up as well as down. And managing up is kind of is 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 like leadership right you you're by providing the right information by taking the right action by seeing gaps and and making sure that you know that you you take ownership of those kind of things actually helps you do your job well and helps you to kind of be a good team member because you're finding the things that others may be dropping and you're helping kind of plug in those gaps so that the team succeeds as a whole. So I think these kind of taking initiative moving is actually an important part, whether you want to be a team lead or not, it's just being important. It's an important part of being a team member in my view. And
1: I think that if you want to wrap up, for example, in terms of like the way I think today, if I see that as an anti-pattern, given the choice, uh, I would rather have team leads. I like the idea of having a way for people to take more responsibilities, to help other people to grow because again, not every team member has the same level of skill set or the the same level of seniority or even like the skill set as well, because you can have like a cross-functional team. That needs to be focused on a single goal. You need to bring things together. You need to interact, as Mesh said. A team doesn't live in isolation; it lives into a wider ecosystem within our organization. There is loads of uh, touch points that needs to be represented. Uh, that someone needs to represent their interest or understand the, the the needs from these external stakeholders. And you, and it's not realistic. I haven't seen that done well. And and if people saw that done well, there would be more exceptional cases. I would say, like. Uh, having a single point or a few points of connections with the team is for me a better model. It, it it helps, it creates, again, assuming that the people doing the leadership role are good leaders, they are nice people, they are listening to everyone, it, it creates a safe environment for less experienced people to come in. They can come in in an environment where things are more controlled, are being taken care of, when there are conflicts that is someone that is equipped well equipped to deal with that and gradually mentoring made all of those people so that they, they can grow in a safe environment and then play the same position replicate that so today I think that this is a better model but the caveat in that is the organization also needs to put a lot of focus on creating those good leaders and supporting them right but I prefer this model than having self uh, uh, well, not teams without leadership, let's say, or formal leadership.
2: I, I agree with you, Sandro, except when you said today, I think it's a better model. I thought you were going to say, but yesterday I thought it was not a good model. And before that, day before that, I thought it was a good model. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so so I changed my mind a few times. So so where I am today, I think that this is... A, I'm, uh,
2: I'm the same. Uh, I'm the same, by the yeah. way. I'm not beating you with it. I... At, there was a point where I thought like you know anything that would uh, be imposed on a team or assigned in a team is is just inherently bad and always thought that emergent leaders were inherently good but I think I've, I've seen some situations where I think I'm thinking okay these things are there's a lot of shades of grays in all of these things
0: yeah I, I agree I agree um i really don't have much to add to that i feel like the uh, if if you're talking or thinking about going a position like that you know start doing it today you don't have to wait into until you have the the title so to speak and uh get really good at dealing with people (laughs) i'm just saying i I mean i've seen people who wanted to be team leads because they thought that uh, being a team lead was more about telling people what they need to do and micromanaging you tell them what to do and that's that's it. It will happen. It can't be far from the two <laughs> It doesn't matter how many times you tell people. like it's it's that's not the way to to achieve yeah. uh, those results. So uh, start getting really good at that. Start reading. There's a lot of uh, uh, bibliography on that. I one book that I could uh, recommend. Is, well, two books. One is uh, Leading Teams uh, from Richard Hackman. There's a lot of research on you know how teams work and so on, and, and th- that's good. And then there's another one called Smart Leaders, Smarter Teams uh, by a guy who's a consultant. Roger Schwartz, I think it's uh, it's called. Very good as well. He talks about uh, the uh, common common learning mindset versus the um, unilateral control mindset, which are kind of some of the things that we discussed uh, here today. So, yeah, check those out.
2: Jose, and, Jose, I'm surprised you didn't mention one that you mentioned to me a long time ago. Maybe you don't like that book anymore, but the book called "Teamwork is an Individual Skill."
0: Oh, teamwork is an individual skill. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it it, it's okay i i think for someone who's uh again someone who wants to get better at teamwork they should definitely get that that. that
2: one first yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs)
0: Um, yeah yeah
2: cool excellent
0: all right so let's wrap up um those were the final words yeah all right great so if you like the discussions if you like what we're doing um don't forget to subscribe so you get notifications when we release a new episode we're going to be doing the live streaming soonish uh that that will be a way to get notified that the live stream is is happening and uh you know send those topics see you then on the next episode thank you for listening